Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapter 23. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. The people of God had been delivered from Egypt. And we know as they were making their way out of Egypt, approximately 2.5 million people made their way out of the bondage of Egypt into the wilderness. And it was while they were in the wilderness, you know the story, you've been with us on Wednesday night, you know God called Moses apart from the people. And God said, Mo, come up here. I got a word for you. And God began to speak to him and give him the law, the law of God and the law of Moses. We talked about those two components of the law. Very, very important to make that distinction. And so God, as the people made their way out of the wilderness, remember they had been slaves. And they didn't know how to live as a freed people. 400 years in slavery. And they had no idea, how do we live as a community of people when all we've ever known is this community of slavery? Are you listening? So God brings them out of Egypt into the wilderness and God begins to give them some principles by which to live to help them to live as a community of freed people. You understand? And so last week we talked about as God gave them the principle, were you with us, or of restitution. Remember we talked about that? If you steal something, you had to give it back 500%. And we talked about that God is into restitution, not incarceration. You should get that CD. God is into restitution, not incarceration. There was no jails. You know, if you stole, if you were a thief, you didn't go to jail. You repaid it, and because... Everybody had so little, it really cost you to have to repay something. So the principle of restitution God gave them, then God gave them the ceremonial and moral principles. You remember, if a man seduces a woman, we talked about this, he's marrying her. And then God began to tell them no bestiality, no idolatry, no witchcraft. Remember, neither black nor white witchcraft. Either way, witchcraft is evil. Say amen. It's just evil. There's no good witches. There's a lot of talk in our culture about good witches. I don't know if y'all listening. But there's a good lot of talk about good witches and bad witches. Listen, all witches are witches. 
And remember I pointed out, a witch is not a witch because you call them a witch. Get to see you from last week, you'll get it. But God says, hey, you stone them. Stone them. So good witch, bad witch, a witch is a witch, they're all the same on the rocks. <laughs> same man if you agree. <laughs> okay, good. And God says, so no idolatry, no witchcraft, no mistreating of strangers. Remember we talked about that, widows and children. God loves them, and widows and kids, they have a special place in God's heart. And if you lend money, this is all we talked about last week, if you lend money to the poor, uh, you shouldn't charge them interest. And if by the time the sun goes down and you haven't been repaid, then you should just write it off because God said, I am gracious. In other words, God is saying, I am gracious. You need to be like me and be gracious as well. We talked about the ceremonial and moral principles and principles of restitution. And then we talked about the principle of first fruits, the principle of first fruits. Give God the first of everything to show your thankfulness. Remember we talked about that? That was in chapter 22. Tonight we pick up in chapter 23, beginning in verse 1. We're going to read quite a bit, so hang on. Exodus chapter 23, beginning in verse 1. If you're looking at it, say amen. amen. You shall not circulate a false report. I'm going to read that again. You shall not circulate... A false report. Do not put your hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous witness. You shall not follow a crowd to do evil. Nor shall you testify in a dispute so as to turn aside after many to pervert justice. You shall not show partiality to a poor man in his dispute. And if you meet your enemy's ox or his donkey going astray, you shall surely bring it back to him again. And if you see the donkey of one who hates you lying under a burden, you, sh you would refrain from helping it. You shall surely help him with it. You shall not pervert the judgment of your poor in his dispute. Keep yourself far from a false matter and do not kill the innocent and righteous. For I will not justify the wicked. And you shall take no bribe. No strings attached for a bribe blinds the discerning and perverts the words of the righteous. Also, you shall not oppress a stranger for, you know, the heart of a stranger, because here's why you were strangers in the land of Egypt. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Verse one says you shall not circulate a false report. I believe that this is one of the most disobeyed commands in the Bible. The church, unfortunately, I have to say, the church is plagued with people circulating false reports. Plagued with it. And when, uh, circulate, what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, it means simply this, saints. When you hear something about a situation or someone that you go tell someone else without proof of that thing you heard, you're circulating a false report. Now, let me just say, and do I need to say that this doesn't mean if you hear something that's true, you should go circulate it. 
does anybody understand that that's not because y'all like, oh, good. In other words, if it's true, I get to go tell people. Well, no, that's not what it means either. I mean, you're not free to circulate it. And you're not free, by the way, to circulate it as a prayer request. I'm just trying to help y'all. You know how we do. Well, you know, I just want you to pray about this. I have to share something with you so we can pray together about it. No, you're not free to circulate. The Bible says do not spread false reports. Now, if you were with us last week, don't you remember in chapter 22, look at right about verse 6. Look at chapter 22 in verse 6. It says, "If are you looking at it? It says, if fire breaks out and catches in thorns, so that stacked grain, standing grain, or the field is consumed, he who kindled the fire shall surely make restitution. We talked about that. In other words, the verse says, give me your attention, if you start a fire and the fire sets ablaze someone else's field, then you're to take responsibility for it. Now, last week, listen, as I was preparing chapter 22 and I read verse 6, it then occurred to me, James chapter 3 In verse 6, which reads this, see how great a forest a little fire kindles. A tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. Well, I thought about that verse in chapter 22, verse 6, James chapter 3, verse 6. Are you listening? And I thought to myself, listen, the field of the heart... Many times in the lives of people are destroyed because someone lit a fire with their tongue. Somebody lit a fire with their tongue. Here we have in chapter 23, verse 1, don't circulate a false report. Now listen, the only way to... Not circulate a false report is to stop it. It's as simple as that. The only way that you can not be guilty of verse 1, chapter 3, or 23, is to stop it. And how do you stop it? Well, there's one or two ways you can stop it. First of all, you can stop them and prove all things. The Bible says, Prove all things. Saints, listen, the Bible says when you hear something about someone, a situation, a circumstance, a pastor, a minister, a fellow Christian, your mama, your daddy, I don't care who it is. You are to prove all things. And the Bible says, and hold fast to that which is good. So the way to stop it is to prove all things. Number one. Number two, the way to stop it is to do what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18. Remember, we went over this in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 15. It says, if your brother sins against you, go do what? And tell him. Well, how do you stop a false report? Well, if you hear something, you prove it. By going to that brother, if you have something against a brother, you don't go tell somebody else that thing. You go to him. 
And it's amazing how clear Jesus makes this subject, and we don't do it in the church. Jesus says, listen, if your brother sins against you, don't gossip about it. Don't circulate a false report, but you go and tell him. It doesn't say if your brother does something, sins against you, then even leave the church. I'm just talking from where I stand. After having been doing this for 12 years, I think I've seen a lot. And I've seen people hear something, a false report or gossip or whatever, and they leave the church. It doesn't say go leave the church. It says go to them. It doesn't say go to another church. Because what will happen is you'll go to another church and you'll hear some gossip or you'll spread it. Don't say amen. You'll hear some gossip or you'll spread it. And then you'll find yourself going to another church and doing the same thing. Church hopping. Steeple chasers. You ever heard that? Steeple chasers. Hey, you're just going to church to church. And here's the problem. No matter where you are, you're always there. You can't run away from you. The problem is you. You keep spreading gossip, man. I, mean, I know y'all must be asleep, but it's okay. I'm... It says if you have a problem with your brother, then, then don't go to another church and don't go gossip and don't spread a false report. And it doesn't even say, get this, pray about it. The Bible doesn't even say pray about it. You know, the Bible says, go to them. I have seen this happen many times. Well, I'm praying about it four years later. Did you ever handle that situation? No, I'm still praying about it. No, 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 you're not praying about it. You're avoiding it. And meanwhile, roots of bitterness is, is taking root in your heart. Y'all say amen if you're breathing. <laughs> Jesus doesn't tell us to pray about it. Jesus says, go to the person. Now, here's the problem with a false report. Here's the problem with gossip. Gossip isn't just with the gossiper. It's also with the person who listens to the gossip. It's the inventor of the false report or the gossip and the receiver of the false report. You know, it's in Proverbs chapter 26, verse 20, and it says, where no wood is, get this, saints, where no wood is, there the fire goes out. So where there is no talebearer, strife ceases. That's a great verse. That's a great verse. Listen, if you entertain it, you're encouraging the gospel to continue in their sin and encouraging them to disobey the word of God. The Bible says, don't gossip, don't promote a false report, but go to them. You know, if you've been around here at Calvary Chapel, you've heard this story before. I I love it, talking about gossip and how destructive it is. There's a story, and you probably heard it, so bear with me. It's one of my favorites. But, but it's the story of a, three ministers who decided to begin praying together and hold each other accountable. And as they got together for the very first time, the first minister says, Brothers, i got a sin to confess. For four years, for years, I've been struggling with temptation, pornography, and I really need you to pray for me because I want to be delivered. Well, the second minister says, guys, I've got to confess a sin, too. I've struggled with alcohol for many years, and many times on Monday, I just go out and get smashed. I just go out and get drunk, and I feel terrible about it. Please pray for me. 
And the third minister says, well, fellas, my struggle is that I love to gossip and I just can't wait to get out of here to go tell somebody. (laughs) Don't go tell somebody. You know, go don't be a gossiper. You know, first Peter chapter four. I love that verse as well. First Peter chapter four, verse 15 says, but let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer or a busybody in other men's matters. You know, that word busybody actually sounds like busybody. It's almost like the person is going around getting the gossip nectar. You know, I'm always suspect. I've told you guys before. I'm always suspect of when I hear gossip and then I hear a person's name attached with it or there. Because generally, you hear that often. You hear that person's name often. And I'm suspect of that person. Whenever you hear gossip and a problem and somebody's name is attached to it and you keep hearing that, "Mm, there's a problem with that person. And that happens in churches, unfortunately. The Bible says, don't be a busybody in other men's affairs, in other men's matters. Now, here's a remedy for gossip. Here's a remedy for gossip. Somebody comes to you and brings you gossip. Again, I've shared this with you before. If somebody comes and brings you gossip, you stop them and you tell them. And I I mean this. You tell them that is sin that is unbiblical. I generally say, have you shared that with the person? I'll interrupt you. <laughs> if you're here tonight and you've done, you know I've done this to you. I love you. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. Okay. <laughs> have you shared it with that person? No. Well, then you're not free to share it with me. The Bible says go to them, not come to the pastor. Well, now you're my pastor. I need to share everything with you. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't have a right to be unbiblical just because I'm the pastor. So go to them. And then if they keep talking, you just tell them to shut up in Jesus' name. Is that all right? You just say, you know what? Shut up. You can say shut up in a godly way, I think. (laughs) You just, I mean, you just, you know, and if they don't, you just stand there and stare at them. And they're just going on. You're just staring. You didn't say a word. Just stare at them. It'll be awkward. (laughs) You just stare at them. And then if they still don't, you just start running away yelling. And then they'll think you're crazy and they'll never bring you gossip again. (laughs) Amen. Amen. But we don't want to be people who receive gossip and receive a false report. You know, 1 John, pardon me, 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 8, it says, love, are you listening? Love covers a multitude of sins. That is one of the biggest, smallest verses in the entire Bible. Love covers a multitude of sin. And when you don't receive a false report, I'm just trying to help you tonight. When you don't receive a false report, you know what else you're showing? You're showing that you are a mature Christian. That you're a mature believer. 
Because mature Christians won't listen to gossip and more mature Christians won't spread gossip. Because what they realize is that this is ungodly as well as they realize that God has shown them grace. That God has shown them mercy. And they're not quick to judge other people. You know, that come, maturity comes along with, what comes along with maturity is the fact that you understand and you stop judging people because you realize that God's grace abounded to you. And it, when you stop to realize that just for a second, you hear something and you start thinking, you know what? I'm in no position to judge people. God has shown me grace. God has poured out grace on my life. The more mature you are, the more you understand that you're a sinner. The more mature you are, the more you appreciate that person who prayed for you to get saved. And and what a wonder it is that you are saved. And what a wonder it is you realize that you're not perfect. The more mature you are, the more you come into the light and the more you own your own sins and your own sins become apparent to you and you become less judgmental of other people. The more mature you are, the more you come to realize your own unworthiness. And if it were not for grace, can I get a witness? If it were not for grace, the more mature you are, the more you realize with every failing there is abounding grace. We talked about that on Sunday. Abounding grace. Where sin abounds. Were y'all here? <laughs> where sin abounds. Somebody help me. Grace did much more abound. The more you are mature in the Lord, you start realizing, man, the unmatchless grace of God in my own life. The more mature you are, the more you learn, watch this, to sin less and repent more. Write that down. The more you realize to sin less. I didn't say you were sinless. I said the more you real, the more you sin less. Because you're growing and you're maturing. And with that growth and maturity, you should sin less. Now, you're not going to get to the point of being sinless. Because just when you think that you get to the point of being sinless, God reveals something more in your heart. And you go, oh, dang. (laughs) Where did that come from? I didn't even know that was there. Oh, yeah. That's what God's word does. Isn't that true? So you start going, oh, I'm just holy. You know, you think you levitate, and when you walk in, the light comes down on you. You just float in. And all of a sudden, God speaks a word to your heart, and you start thinking, oh, dang, there's something else. But the more you become mature in the Lord, the more, you know, you sin less. And you repent more. That's Christian maturity. So how can you judge someone else when you are equally, even more, a recipient of God's grace? You can't. So don't circulate a false report. Grow up. The church needs to grow up. And not do that to each other. Don't be so judgmental. Don't be so harsh on other people. 
We're so harsh. I can't believe they did that. Oh, man, I can't believe that. We're so an unforgiving. The church is so unforgiving. And at the same time, we'll go right to the Lord. Oh, God, forgive me. Out on Saturday night, carrying on Sunday morning. Oh God! <laughs> and you leave, and you oh, that feels great. I've been forgiven. I've been washed. I've been cleansed, and I got a new start. And Mondays are going to be a new day for me, and a new week, and I'm going to walk with God. And you feel all forgiven because God has forgiven you. But because God has forgiven you, you ought to be forgiving. And if you are not forgiving, don't expect God to forgive you. That's all. That's all. If you're going to judge other people, then expect to be judged. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.